0: This is Arab Talk on KPOO in San Francisco at 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess nam live broadcasting from San Francisco. My co-host Jamal Dejani is on assignment. We have a great show today. We're going to be speaking live with Professor Rabab Abdelhadi, professor at San Francisco State, about the current state of affairs regarding the attack on free speech and First Amendment rights against Palestine solidarity groups and Palestine students at San Francisco State. There was a recent lawsuit that was carried out against San Francisco State, accusing it and San Francisco professor Abdelhadi of creating a climate of anti-Semitism on campus. So we've got a lot to talk about here on Arab Talk Stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam, live in San Francisco. Jamal dejani 's on assignment. And we're very fortunate to have with us uh, on the call-in line Professor Rabab Hadi of San Francisco State University. We've spoken with Professor Hadi before. And in the short period of time since we've last spoken with her, the situation on campus has deteriorated significantly. We have been reporting here on Arab Talk the incidents of the incitement posters that were posted all over San Francisco State, basically inciting to violence against Professor Abdul Hadi and against other uh, Palestinian students on campus. Since that time, a lawsuit has been filed against San Francisco State. Naming the university and Professor Abdelhadi, we're going to be getting more information about this, but the situation uh, has clearly deteriorated. Professor Hadi, welcome to Arab Talk.
1: Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be
0: here. Well, we're always happy to have you, uh, Professor Hadi, but I have to say that I'm, I'm increasingly um, not just concerned and, di- and disturbed, but frankly outraged when I hear about what's happening on the campus these days. And I wondered if you could give our listeners kind of an update, uh, especially since the lawsuit.
1: Okay, well, uh, the lawsuit was filed by a group called the Lawfare no Fair Project. The Lawfare no Fair Project is one of a handful, a very small uh, network of pro-Israel groups that is extremely right-wing, that gets its funding from uh, the likes of Todd Brothers, Adel- Shelby Adelson, Bradley Foundation, and so on. All of this is actually documented in a very good report that was published in 2015 by the International Jewish Anti-Zionist Network. It's on their website. It's about 200-page report. And what I did is basically take the W-9 forms which, by which, quote-unquote, non-profit organizations file uh, to the, the IRS, so they did not even look at anything. Else. They went to the library. They looked at how these or what organiz, How do they file their taxes and so on? And from that, this is the information. So there may be other things that we are unaware of, but only based on that on that uh, information from the IRS, that it is very clear that these are a very tiny, small group of people. They are basically they have they play musical chairs. They switch roles. Uh, sometimes it is Amcha. In uh, UC uh, Santa Cruz, sometimes it is the lawfare project, sometimes it's the David project, sometimes it's the Brandeis Center, sometimes it's the Zionist Organization of America, or David Horowitz, or Campus Watch, or Middle East Forum, a whole bunch of the groups. Right. have multiple names, but they actually have no grassroots. They don't have any grassroots. So the lawfare project, itself the legal uh, arm of the pro-Israeli community, actually does nothing but legal bullying. What they are trying to what they are trying to do in this I, what I would will, I will call bogus, frivolous, and full of misinformation and really half-truths and innuendos and mixing up things and basically putting things that have been already proven to be wrong again in there. But, you know, for them, it has never been an issue to kind of report the truth. And if they are, pro- uh, they are, they are protecting Israel and they are defending Israel, Israel is historically very well known that it's advocating a narrative that is based on the disposition approved and uh, the, this displacement of Palestinians, this appearing Palestinians altogether. So I am not surprised that they are doing this. I'm not so surprised. I'm, law I'm and not surprised.
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm, yeah, yeah. although. I'm not, I'm not,
1: yeah. We're not surprised, yeah. but. The, it doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it okay. Not it doesn't at all. make it okay because they are basically what they, what they are doing is they are really using the taxpayers' money. This exactly. is a public university that is educates the children of immigrants, undocumented students, students who come from families, they are the first in their families to go to school, Uh, students who come from marginalized and and targeted communities like Arabs, Muslims, Palestinians, black students students who come from poor families, students who have two, three jobs, are all my students. This is, this is a university that is supposed to be educating the public university, public institution. And these people are engaging in the frivolous lawsuit in order to drain the resources. And basically what I believe they are trying to do, and we can talk about the content in a minute, but I believe what they are trying to do is they are trying to pressure the university in order for the university to put the squeeze more on us, on me, on the AMET studies program, on the Palestinian students, on the Arab students, on the Muslim students, on students of color, on the historical organizations that are very much allied with Palestinian students because we are all fighting for justice. We are not, we are, we, we don't segment our struggle. And basically they are trying to do this. So what, what, and I can talk a little bit about the content, but what's really been disturbing about the response of San Francisco State is that San Francisco State last week issued a press release not said that a lot, you know, a lot of the lawsuit is bogus. But what they, they didn't put it into so many times Right. But what they did is basically they reversed their position, which is very troubling. Uh, they reversed their their own uh, statement and the the findings of the independent investigator that San Francisco State itself has hired last spring in 2016 to look into what I call the near-barakat uh, affair. Yes. This is when the San Francisco right. State hosted, hosted, and actually it wasn't really the university. It was Hillel, San Francisco, San Francisco Hillel, you know, the San Francisco, the city-wide Hillel, and they basically band together with the, uh, the, uh, the executive director of the San Francisco State Foundation, which is, they support who they, they basically process any money that's out of the state funds and so on. And they did it at Seven Hills, which is supposed to be a private center that is run by the Sodeco Foundation, a multinational uh, corporation that, that, that basically uh, manages the meals and everything at, at San Francisco State. And that's what they had, what they held the event. They invited to our campus somebody I would call a war criminal, somebody who is actually engaged every single day in displacing Palestinians, in reducing the number of Palestinians in Jerusalem, in actually perpetuating the annexation of Jerusalem, which is an international, a violation of international law. Even the Trump administration itself has not actually taken steps to move the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, despite Trump's promises, and so on. So basically, they, San Francisco State was hosting, hosted this, this guy, on our campus, this racist and this Islamophobe anti-Palestinian on campus, and, and, and then afterwards, so the palestinian students, along with everybody else, there was a huge coalition of students of basically the historical organizations. They called themselves historical orgs. Students went together to protest and say, our campus is not a place for war because our campus is not a place for KKK for uh, the Nazis, for the uh, the 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 racists, for the supremacists, for Horowitz, or any of these people. This is our campus; is a social justice campus. It should be a free environment for for justice. And so, basically, students protested. So the San Francisco State prosecuted the Palestinian students, constructed the Kankarou trial. I actually sat. I was one of the witnesses that there. and showed yes. the way the students were prosecuted. Yes. And there was San Francisco then hired an independent investigator to investigate what has happened and look into it. The investigator came out in August with a report that said specifically that the students' protest was not directed against Jews, it was directed against Israel. It had to do with the mayor. It did not have to do with the Jewish students who were there. Now, the the, the lawsuit includes part of it. It centers around two events about this the Near Barakat affair and about the Know Your Rights affair, which I think Salim and, and yes. talked about that yes. last week. Yes. But basically, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Near Barakat affair, the investigator came out and you can, the, the report is available. I actually went and reread it again in preparation to talk to you. And it basically very clearly says that this was not anti-Semitic, this was not against Jewish students. Jewish students actually met and so on. The, the Barakat and the, 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 the Hillel students continued to, to meet and discuss and so on. And everything went on, the students protested. It was a nonviolent protest. The students protested. That is their right to protest uh, about the, what, what, what it means to bring this bad person to our campus and so on. And this wasn't about Jewish, uh, Jewish students, and it did not make anybody afraid. San Francisco State reversed its position and issued a press release saying that uh, the the shows that anti-semitism is something like it's real and and uh, serious on campus I can actually read to you the the exact
0: yeah I mean I read, I read I read the press right. I read the press yeah. release, Rabab. it was yeah. it was really uh-huh. sh- outrageous that they would misrepresent uh-huh. the, the findings of the uh-huh. independent uh, reviewer they completely misrepresent yeah. them
1: actually it says that the the disruption of the event featuring Jerusalem mayor near Barakat in spring two thousand sixteen and bias incidents that were reported this year were ugly reminders that anti Semitism, like all forms of discrimination, are real and our community has work to do. This is this is ridiculous. It's outrageous. I mean, this is ridiculous for my university to cave in to cave into this right wing, inconsequential group because it is engaging in legal bullying and it's basically that's what Jackson said last week on your show, and basically engaging in uh, trying to intimidate the university and basically trying to, un- to silence the voices of justice for in Palestine as part of the indivisibility of justice. So this is what they are trying to do. They talk about the, near, the, the, the Barakat affair, they talk about uh, they know your rights. Where uh, Mr. discussed, and I'm hoping that you would actually have him and Liz again to speak about this. Yes, uh, because the university is putting the squeeze on all of us, and also they are. What the other thing that I actually find extremely offensive is that what they have tried to do, extremely offensive and outright lies, is they are basically targeting and attacking the 1968 students like at San Francisco State, and they're claiming that this 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 strike was actually what led to San Francisco State being anti-Semitic. Okay. Now, this is, for me, it's actually quite offensive, because the 1968, fact like, I always talk about the spirit of 68, And I always believe that we are inspired in setting up the Arab and Muslim Assisted and Diaspora Studies program. And in all the work we do, whether it is the Edward Said scholarship, whether it's the collaboration with the National University, whether it's speaking at the 50th anniversary of Black Panther Party, whether it is marching with Oscar Lopez Rivera in the Puerto Rican Day Parade, or actually sending statements of solidarity to Standing Rock, or condolences to Michael Brown's family, or working closely with Black for Palestine and for Black Lives, or the Chicano Studies Association in support of Palestine, all of this, all our work closely with, with, with Jews who are speaking for justice and refuse to allow Israel to speak in their all of this is inspired. Our program, our academic project is inspired by the spirit of 68. We are the most recent incarnation, what Ahmed studies is supposed to be, is actually as, as People used to say it's the last kid on the block. And on when I was hired in 2007, I was actually supposed to be setting up the a, the a, a, a program with two other faculty members that would become the the, the fifth department in the College of Ethnic Studies. Right. We are here 15 years down the line since 2002. The the, the task, the community task force report, which you were part of, right? That's and right. In, that 15 years down the line. Now we are. We have a we have a program. With over 20, 22 courses, 22 courses that majority of which are GE. Our classes are full. Our students are very excited and learning. We have the Edward Said Scholarship. We have a collaboration with one of the premier Palestinian universities, Shah National University. We are engaged in teaching, in pedagogy, in scholarship, in service, in public intervention on the question of justice for in Palestine as part of the Indivisibility for Justice. And where we are now, we have one faculty member, me, one person program, that is supposed to be designing courses, run the program, defend the students, advise students, organizers, represent the community to the university, represent the university to the community, do fundraising, do scholarship, do networking, connect with all the partners internationally, in the U.S., in California, at San Francisco, with everybody else, I am raising the name of San Francisco State and, and, uh, and Ethnic Studies. It is, it's, uh, it, and we don't have staff. We don't have a budget. We have no institutional support from the university. So I believe that the the goals of this lawsuit is this frivolous lawsuit. So actually, basically, try to silence us on campus. Yes. Because they have been unsuccessful so far. So this is another. This is legal bullying to try to see if they would uh, be uh, able to be successful. And actually, it's a very uh, insidious and very opportunistic way, actually in a very incorrect and very dangerous way, to use the real struggle against anti-Semitism in order to concoct these lies and these misrepresentations. And I think this is really serious, and I believe San Francisco State, and I'm urging everybody to urge San Francisco State, to refuse to settle, to fight this lawsuit, and to get... Discarded, dismissed the stuff
0: of our campus once and for all. We're speaking with Professor Rabab Abdul Hadi, professor at San Francisco State University. Professor Abdul Hadi has been the target <laughs> of hateful, insightful postering on campus for which the university neglected to protect neither Professor Abdul Hadi nor her students. And now <laughs> the university has been targeted and sued using this legal bullying technique. Uh, accusing it uh, of uh, being anti-semitic so Rabab this is a very yeah. um, hostile environment to to work under as a faculty yeah. member it's I think in many ways unprecedented in the modern academy that a professor mm-hmm. like yourself would be subjected to such attacks without any protection from the university and I'm talking about just legal protection. Yeah constitutional protection, and just physical protection. It's, it's not even safe for you to be on campus at times.
1: Right, and I think what NOSER what, what, uh, uh, and all these, uh, the ERCs, you know, the Gamqa and the Horowitz, and all of them, the musical share uh, group of people who are very well-funded, what they are trying to do, basically, is they are targeting us at San Francisco State, and they are targeting me in order to see if they can make us a lesson to teach everybody else and then what they will do is we will, they will take their succeed and we're not we don't have any intention to make to allow them to succeed. We are going to fight this, we're going to struggle against it and we are going to to preserve our campus for what it is, a campus of justice. But what they are trying to do, they did this by the way, designers' the groups and the, the the and actually not designers groups at the time, they they, they were the the Reagan administration in nineteen eighty seven attacked the LAA and in attacking the LAA the goal was because they were trying to shut up the Central American Solidarity Movement. They went after the Committee in Solidarity with, with the people of El Salvador. They, they were trying to cover up the Iran Contra affair that they were engaged in, and it wasn't working. So
0: That's what right. What they tried
1: to do, they thought, okay, well, the Palestinians are the, the, the weakest link. Let's go and target the Palestinians. And if we target the Palestinians, we can, at that point, actually work, uh, work that in order for us to use it as a test case for other vegan precedents, and as, as a matter of fact, if you look at the Petrius Act One and Act Two, a lot of its provisions come from what was happening with the LAS. Uh, That's right, uh, lawsuit. And so, at that time, at that time, at that time, civil uh, libertarians Many people, John, and by the way, Anti-Defamation League was very much, it was found in, in, during uh, uh, investigations, investigative reporting and so on, that they were actually providing information to the FBI, false information, spying on Palestinians and other people. They were also spying on the South African anti-apartheid movement, on the Iranian uh, students who were uh, target who were protesting the Shah of Iran. And they have a very long history. They, uh, they spied on the Black Panther Party. They have been collaborating with quote-unquote law enforcement that has been actually moving against our communities. This is why it's very interesting to kind of like close the circle and see how this low care project now is targeting the spirit of 68, what happened, and ethnic studies, and saying that this is something that ethnic studies have opened up the case. Basically what they are saying is that the anti-colonial spirit that challenges Eurocentric knowledge, white supremacy racist knowledge and says that we really need to produce knowledge about our communities that validate, justify, legitimize the experiences, the lived experience of our communities who have been, uh, have suffered as a result of genocide, have suffered as a result of slavery, have sur- suffered as a result of Chinese exclusion act, have suffered as a result of the concentration camps against the Japanese, have suffered against uh, in McCarthyism, and so on and so forth. All these repressive things, they are basically saying that this is all bogus, that we should just throw it down down the drain and we should just re- restore the quote unquote the knowledge. Tammy Benjamin, the co founder of Amacha, actually has a chapter in a book. She talks about it. She's actually taking on the whole uh, um, attack against ethnic studies, right step by step in her article. And the law fair project by the way cites her. The law fair project also cites for it. The law fair project hello
0: Yes, yes Rabab.
1: Hello, the law fair project yes. uh, the law fair project signs uh, signs uh, signs uh, uh, um um Sides the Horowitz, Sides Campus Watch, Sides al Damir I mean, they fight each other. All of these sources are bogus. They are not actually credible sources. They fight in order to wage this attack against the College of Ethnic Studies and in order to wage the attack against us, in order to see if they are able to succeed at San Francisco State. Then they can go against other people on other campuses and they can go against the Movement for Justice in Palestine as part of the Movement for Justice and all. And then they can target people like the Sanctuary even, but we know that Herbert, actually, his agenda is not just us. That's we right. We are part of his agenda, but so is the sanctuary, so is the movement for black lives. I mean, you know, this is when it is, at least they are consistent right-wingers and they're consistent places, and Islamophobic Rabab, and let me... Horrible and, l- homophobic let, and anti-women, yeah.
0: Yes, Go ahead. I just was going to say, maybe we could mm-hmm. take a little time to talk about the actual um, mm-hmm. lawsuit itself, because before we let you leave, we're going to talk about what our mm-hmm. listeners can do to yeah. not only call attention but, you know, do something to prevent these kinds of m- malicious lawsuits and legal attacks against, Thanks. Uh, Thanks. against you. So tell us a little yeah. bit about what the lawsuit is, al- is alleging.
1: Well, that, that's what I said. The, lawsuit, basically, the lawfare lawsuit basically says that there is anti-Semitism at San Francisco State campus. Uh, it is, uh, they use the two examples, the, the cases that they use, the Barakat and the Know Your Rights Fair. They are, they have a section about me, and they reproduce the same stuff that Amcha has actually accused me of in 2013, 2014, and there have been multiple audits by the university, multiple and multiple and multiple, and every single one of them found that there is no merit, and actually the president issued a press release on June 24th, there is no merit to any of these charges that they are claiming. Now,
0: if our listeners wanted to say, what can we do, to support, okay, there is
1: many, multiple things that yes. people can do. What we can would like uh, one, one of the things I, I'm personally asking people is to actually contribute. We have we have a campaign that some of our colleagues have started to contribute to, uh, a uh, legal, to legal fund yeah. in order for us to be able. Yeah, the legal fund it's on it's online. You you know we can share it with the. Uh, with the, with the, it's very easy, if they can go, you know, legal fees and say Abdul had Islamophobia and so on, San Francisco they'll find it. The second thing, we really want people to call and write an email and ask, the, tell the university that we stand by the social justice mission of San Francisco State. We would like the university to reclaim its social justice mission that seems to have forgotten, has been engaging in amnesia for the last 15 years or so and attacking the Palestinians and, uh, and other, other, other other students, including everybody, okay? So we would like the university to, to reclaim its social justice mission. We would like the university to reclaim its legacy of the '68 and refuse, fight this lawsuit, refuse to stand by it. Secondly, we would like the university to actually build the Ahmed program, invest in building the Ahmed studies program, giving us the faculty that we need. That's part of my contract, um, actually. I mean, the university has breached my contract and the contract with the, with the community. So they need to actually do the right thing and go and, 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 and allow the Ahmed program to be built as a real, viable, stable program. We want to have an investigation. We need to have an independent investigation into why these posters in October 2014 and October 14, 2016 appeared on campus and again on May 3rd. And the university has not investigated, has not published the results. We do not know what happened. So somebody else needs to actually investigate from outside of the university. The university doesn't seem to be able to do that. Somebody needs to investigate and put that. And we really need to have a free environment of Islamophobia, anti-Arab, anti-Palestinian discrimination on campus. And the only way to do that is to build the Ahmed program. Real structural problems require real structural remedies. I mean, this, right. is a, this is the way to do it. And that is, the students in 1968 struck and said, look at all the courses. We're not being taught about our experiences. We're not being taught, so students are unable to confront racism. They are unable to confront discrimination. They are unable to speak about the experiences of indigenous communities, of black communities, of and of an Asian, Latina, 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 communities, of students who are poor, students who are impoverished. This is. We, we need somebody to teach us about that. And this is why they struck and they had the longest strike and they demanded the College of Third World Studies. And now we have the College of Ethnic Studies where Ahmed is supposed to be the fifth department. We are 15, down the, 15 down the, the years down the line, which is actually even worse than when I started in 2000. That's right. I am now one person program, and this is unacceptable. Unacceptable in terms of labor issues. It's a labor abuse and labor exploitation to actually ask me to do all of this work without. And I'm not even. I'm not even officially a director. I am named the director in the bulletin, but I do all the work and I have no none of the rewards. I don't have course releases. I don't have a staff, and I don't want money. But I do want to have relief. I want to have other colleagues to work to build the program with. I want to be able to offer the courses. I shouldn't be the only one who teaches the course on Islamophobia or the course on Palestine or the course on colonialism or about Arab and Arab-American feminism or queer Arab diaspora or any of the courses that we teach that, or comparative borders in Palestine and Mexico. I shouldn't have to be teaching all of this stuff. At one point, we started with three faculty members in 2007. As of 2010, it's only one person. Yeah, it's that's outrageous. And all the occasional courses, once in a while, they give up. It doesn't work anymore. I cannot do it. I cannot do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to teach my students. I'm going to teach my courses. But this is, this is an impossible, it's exploitation, it's slave labor. And the university needs to do right by us. It needs to do right by me. It needs to do right by the students. It needs to do right by all our communities. Everybody needs to learn about Arab and Muslim communities. Everyone needs to read about, about Palestine. It is not a, a, we're not a special interest group. This is something that People really need to make the university know and tell the university that you choose to fight it, we will stand by you. We will stand by you. We want you to do right by the Palestinians, by the Arabs, by the Muslims, by all your students, by all the grassroots students whose rights are being scrambled left and right, by university administration that is intent on policing, that is intent on punishing, that is intent on controlling, and that is caving in. So these right-wing racist groups, and we should not be doing that. This is not—it's not right. It is not right. We that, really need to fight it, and we need to stand against.
0: It. That's the, I, This
1: is my message. This is what we would want people to do.
0: That's a very powerful message. We've been listening to the voice of Professor Rabab Abdul-Hadi, professor at San Francisco State. I'm proud to say the director of the Ahmed program, even though that is just on paper. Rabab, you're. You're internationally recognized as one of the premier academics on the question of Palestine, not just in the United States, but internationally. And this is a real loss for the university that they have not supported, Ahmed. They have not given you the positions that were promised to you as part of a contractual relationship that they had when they hired you. And you've been doing this basically on your own for so many years. Um, is there a website that can we I can I
1: want to say one more thing if you don't mind no, I just want to say that we are actually in this struggle, we have a lot of people with us yes. We have, and, and, you know, first of all, in terms of Palestine and the struggle of Palestine we represent the world community we represent the human consensus everybody, everybody majority of the world population supports Palestine, majority of the government supports Palestine, majority of the people around the world support Palestine If you look at it from the United States perspective, it doesn't. It looks a little bit awkward, lopsided. But actually, more and more people in the U.S. have joined the struggle for justice in Palestine: students, faculty, labor, uh, women, and every single. And you can see it. And this is. And I think this is why also these pro-Israeli groups are actually very upset and very distressed, and they're trying to lash out against all of us. At at, At San Francisco State, our struggle at San Francisco State our community has been so generous and has been so supportive. The faculty, today the California Scholars for Academic Freedom issued an excellent statement. There are people who are preparing statements and putting them together. The union, my union, California Faculty Association, has been standing by me and having my back in a very serious and principled way. My colleagues, the students at San Francisco State, not just GOPS or Muslim Student Association, Muslim Association. it is the Student Council for inter Nation, it is the Black Student Association, it is the League of Filipino Students, it's the, the Students for Felipe Education, it is Justice, it is the Nature. it is Rasa, it is all these students, this, this faculty, people are, majority of the people are standing by us. I, can, I don't even have enough time to kind of recount how much support we have we have so much support because our cause is just yes. because people like you people in our community the students everybody american muslims from palestine in the middle of ramadan stopped their own fundraising campaign to send a fundraising request to support our uh, our need for legal peace there is so much support is out there it is it makes it is common sense you look at it, there is an injustice. It needs to be corrected with justice. And people are standing for the right thing. We want our university to come back to, re- be, to reclaim the social justice, to stop messing around with racists and Islamophobes and Zionists who are trying to silence us and do the right thing. This is our demand for our university. Once our university decides to find this and does right by us, we are all going to mobilize, and we continue, by the way. I mean, we all continue to do our work. Yes. We're doing our work regardless of what the university is doing to us. So this is, this is we actually have a chance to win this, and we really need to all come together and build the largest coalition and not allow them to get away
0: with it. That's because a...
1: this is a victory for us here, it's a victory for all, it's a victory for justice.
0: That's the voice of Professor Rabab Abdelhadi, professor at San Francisco State, foremost international authority on the question of Palestine. Rabab, we stand with you. We want to thank you for your dedication, your perseverance, and your steadfastness during this really difficult time. I'm sure we're going to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. That's and thank
1: the... you for KPOO for always speaking up for Palestine, for always speaking
0: up for justice. Thank you. Thank you, Rabab. Okay. We've got a somewhat shortened show here. so. um We'll be signing off in a few minutes here, but uh, to get back to the issue of what's happening at San Francisco State, uh, this speaks to the larger climate uh, of what's happening, not just at state, but what's happening, you know, generally speaking, against uh, people of color throughout the United States, uh, kind of this inspirational uh, uh, or aspirational message that comes from the very top in this country about it being okay to attack people of color, to attack Muslims, to attack uh, dispossessed communities, you know, whether it's the Muslim band, whether or not it's an attack on the health care system, whether or not it's attack on our educational system. It seems like this has been open season to uh, attacking uh, communities of color throughout the United States. The issue of Palestine, as Rabab very eloquently put, is not local to Palestine per se, but is really a symbol and a placeholder, if you will, for the larger struggles that are going on throughout this country right now. And San Francisco State is absolutely and unequivocally in the center of this uh, struggle that we're experiencing. As Rabab said, in many ways, it seems like we've taken multiple steps backwards from this heroic events of the 1968 uh, strike that went on at San Francisco State that led to the development of new uh, areas of academic discourse in the College of Ethnic Studies. And what we're seeing now is an attack on that, and an attack on free speech, and an attack on our First Amendment rights, an attack on communities being able to take ownership over their own lives, their own histories, and their own discourse. So don't be lulled into thinking that they struggle at San Francisco State is just there. It's it's everywhere, and all of us need to be apprised of this and to struggle together on this. So we're going to be signing off on Arab Talk at this time. Send us your comments to at kpo.com We'll see you next week.